Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hi everybody and welcome back to Industry Tactics, a podcast about interesting I used to say outsider musicians. I mean for the most part, sure, but I don't know, weirdos, interesting, define it as you will. Um, People I I really want to talk to in music and learn learn from. And um, today episode, I believe the episode is 114, a talk with Annalise Narona uh, from her studio in Prince Edward County, Ontario, um, always somebody I've wanted to, uh, to to learn more about her career, and holy cow, did she deliver um, stories about recording James Brown, Oscar Peterson, and so much more. This is a really great chat, and um, thanks, Annalise, for, for opening up and sharing your story with our listeners. Buckle up, this is an incredible role model and pioneer in Canadian music. My chat with Annalise Narona. Yeah, Borg. How are you? I'm good. Look at your beard. It's fantastic. It's getting it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I'm really growing into it, or it's growing in on to me. <laughs> it's really growing on to you. I was trying to figure out, like, we've met on the gig before, right? That's right. Yeah. It on, was a very Selena's memorable gig. Gigs. That's right. Yeah. Great memory. Great memory. Yeah. I think if welcome, I think we actually played together before we met too. Really? Yeah. Like I think Selena did a, a gig. What's that street behind um, where Honest Ed's was? And we'd play the upstairs. Um, you know what I'm talking. About. Markham. Oh. Uh, Mar- the Victory Mar- Victory Cafe was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like okay. early in my career with Selena, we might oh, have great. done a lollipop a gig with you as as lollipop people is that possible oh my god that that is possible oh man i i feel like i got a good handle on my brain and um that one that one skips a beat for me so that's weird my my brain fails me all the time so you're probably right yeah i pull out flyers of shows and go i have zero ounce recollection of this show do you do that a lot? Do you dig deep in uh, in the old flyer bin? You keep all the flyers well, from, the, from the gigs. <laughs> I used to, and then I moved out to Prince Edward County. Right, um, a couple. Oh, of years is ago. that where you yeah, are? Yeah. Amazing. Um. So, oh, great. great. I'm not showing you my picture, am I? Sorry, I I meant to do that. Here we are. Welcome to the podcast. It's officially official. Annalise Narona. Hi. <laughs> what a I'm joy! Here. What a joy! You know, and I'm going to, let's start, let's make the most of our time together. Yes. If we get kicked out, just jump back into the link. Yep. We'll go about an hour. Yep. Okay. I am delighted to start there. Uh, when we played together at the Cameron House with Selena Martin. Yes. He, uh, who else played in that band? It was Doug, Doug Friesen. It was probably, it was, if it was Maybe me and Don Doug, Kerr. then yeah. it was, pro- yeah. it may have been Doug Linklater, but it wasn't Linklater. Um it no. would have been me and Doug and potentially okay. Jesse Baird was in that. Oh time yeah, maybe maybe group. or that Robin Buckley. Yeah. That, Ooh, cool. that might have been in that time. I can't remember. 
Who cares about all of them? I'm talking about you. <laughs> I'm talking about your guitar playing. It left such a mark on me. I was just you're so joking, right? Like, because you're like are a you kidding really me? highly educated musician. I was reading your Wikipedia. It says you have a master's. Oh shit. Garbage. In music, which is like I was like, what do that's I talk all, about Rich with? That's all horseshit. We talk <laughs> about your guitar playing. I was so moved by it and I, I thought. And then I'm reading up on you. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll flip it. We'll flip yeah. it here. See what I'm doing? I'm flipping yeah, it. You're flipping it. Um, your, your, um, yeah, you got you got the chops when it comes to engineering yeah. and production, production and all of that. You're coming in wonderfully, by the way. What, what kind of a mic are you? Oh, using? this is a TLM 170. It's it's overkill. I just re- <laughs> I'm always here working with this microphone here yeah. so it, yeah. that's the luxury of the high highly over qualified zoom audio <laughs> what's your um that i like it i like it what's your uh what's your studio like in prince edward county well looks beautiful it, <laughs> it looks like a bunch of, what I of see boxes here. yeah and uh yeah. so yeah, uh, i there used to be a couch behind me where people sat okay. but i moved it into okay. the living room so that i could buy um this beautiful chrome 1975 gretsch drum kit oh, that the oh, dog man. hates so much she sees herself in the reflection and she just starts like yapping like a crazy dog so i have to keep it oh. covered at all times <laughs> oh fantastic fantastic yeah, it's very silly um, well the, the dog's got taste the dog's got taste hey don't knock the 70s kits they're uh hey i won't <laughs> I won't. No, I, I'm I'm delighted. I, so, so are you a guitar player by like? The, do you, is that how you come to loving music? Um, well, this is a. Uh, I thought about what we would talk about today, Rich, and I. And Lead the I, way. And I figured that. Lead the way. That in some way this was going to be like therapy because you're going to ask me sure. what it is that I am defined by essentially, and then I will have to figure Maybe. that out for myself because it's. Let's so get confusing. into it. <laughs> Fuck! No kidding. Let's get into yeah. it, though. Let's let's de- let's define things. Let's figure things out about the industry right, too yeah. that we love and that we love yeah. and hate so Some much. Some tactics we can talk tactics. And I also want to just talk with you about like how you're doing and staying creative in this weird upside down. Oh yeah, uh, so yeah. We'll end on a on a on a weird note like that. We'll yeah. No, it. it's it's gonna get really weird. I I should have actually texted you some some sidebar information which might still happen in this call because <laughs> because okay. we might hit something that you might have to edit out but that's okay yeah okay no and fair enough i'm i'm down to i i've i've gone to harris institute if i gotta chop this thing up i uh, i will I okay so speak freely harris last year <laughs> you did okay so so there you go so, so okay. we're getting into it yeah we're getting into annalise Nerona. So the brief history I, of annalise yeah. Nerona is that Get into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Lead the way. All of us, we start out as musicians that then hit a point in our life where we have to Mm -hmm. figure out what, how that make, how you make a living doing that, if that's what you want to do. And um, even though I, I think my childhood dream is still the same as it is now, which is to, um, which I have not achieved, by the way, because I got sidetracked by 30 years of engineering. Um, but w- to be a songwriter, like to write okay. songs for other people, like big pop songs, big, shiny, stupid songs. That's what I would love to do with my life. Um, oh, wow. wow. But wow. I went to school uh, for engineering because, you know, you have the family and goes like, you need something to fall back on. You're not going to be a musician, you silly goose. Okay. So, and then I was really good at engineering. So I got jobs right out of school, which led to wow. bigger where, jobs. Hey, where, did you, where, did you go to, where did you go to school? Uh, I went to Fanshawe College. Fanshawe College. So we're not dealing with... What was I going to insult the Harris Institute or Trevis? Well, you she can, went to you Fanshawe. Can this insult, is real. insult Trevis okay. anyways. Um, amen, amen. Uh, you didn't. We're not dealing with a hair. Uh, with a sorry, with a Travis graduate here. We are dealing with a Fanshawe graduate. Did you graduate? I did, <laughs> I did make. I it always to end. Um In hindsight, <laughs> good, I probably would have gone if I had known that McGill had an engineering course. I probably would have okay. gone there because I. You'd have gone to Kermit. I regret not having an actual university yeah. degree in my life, but. Uh, oh really? Yeah, okay. I well, I, I like do. getting into the regrets. 
I like getting into the regrets <laughs> as equal as the beauty of the education that you did receive. Yeah. So you went to Fanshawe yeah, four years. No, I went London, to Fanshawe Ontario. for two years because it was only a two year okay. program. Okay. Time. And, and it's a, it's a, it, it is a well-regarded program. Uh, yeah, no, I feel like it had, it had been well-regarded. Now I think there's a yep. lot of well-regarded, like, oh God. like it's, OAR it's and Harris up. and yeah. Yeah. All the universities. Metalworks with well, Gil Moore. Well. <laughs> Civil Silence Sundays. That. I don't want to slander anyone. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not. Let's not. Keep your hair on. Okay, hair. here we go. So keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, so you get out of school and you get a gig right away engineering. No, I sent out a, a million resumes like back in the time. Mm-hmm. This was like before you were emailing people because that shows my age a little bit, but... Um, mailed out a bunch of things, got a bunch of rejections, got a bunch of no shows, volunteered my time. That's how it goes. Uh, yeah. At a mastering yeah. studio until I got a job at Studio 306, where I had to paint the guy's house before he'd let me work in the studio. Well, that is some Miyagi shit. Really? Yeah. You had to paint his house I before. I mean, I'd like this guy. Who is, who is, who's this? You know, it's funny. The guy who owned Studio 306 <laughs> at that time, Brian Mitchell, actually moved out yeah. to Prince Edward County and opened a winery, but mm-hmm. I have not yet gone to see him. You know what, you know what you'll have to do when you visit the winery? Paint the winery. Paint it first. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, so, okay. Yeah. Keep going. This is great. And then from, from Studio 306, uh, I went to uh, Digital Music and Post, which was owned by a dude named Rob Yale. He was the guy who was famous in, for in Canada for having the first Fairlight synthesizer. Oh, wow. Um, and so I worked at Bullshit. his studio for six months and then um, oh. got referred to Manta Eastern Sound, which is the big one, right? And that's the one. You that's the big one. Nine years. I was there nine years at Manta. So that and you must have seen everything under the sun come through yeah. in your time. Well, then. if you creeped my resume at all, most of the yeah. big major label artists happened through my time at Manta because that's where they went, you know, in that time. Who, who, uh, when you go through your memory bank, who, who leaves an impression? Um, well, there's lots of impressions, but I will say, um, the biggest impression because the biggest impressions because they are dead and also because they are history would be James Uh Brown and Oscar Peterson for sure. I got to work with both of those people. Here we go. Um, And wow. I mean, there were, I worked on some records, like both of those were the Oscar Peterson was a record. The James Brown was a re-record of Sex Machine for the movie Tuxedo starring Jackie Chan. Amazing. Which was uh, an amazing experience because his band was, James Brown's band, a couple of reasons. His band was massive. Like, band comes in before James, James Brown doesn't come in for, until they had the studio booked for three days to, to do the one song. So the first day the band loads in and we set up and get sounds. So that is two drummers, a percussionist, two bass players, four guitar players, keyboardist, a horn section, a backup vocal section, and then James Brown. Plus the coolest part is that, you know, the Cape guy who, who takes his Cape, he's on the musician's call for James Brown. So he had to be there in that session because he was on the call. Unbelievable. So he literally sits on the studio floor of Manta just sitting there. Because he's on the call, he's paid to be there, which is amazing. Wow! wow. Um, didn't play an instrument. Didn't play an didn't instrument. Play he was just there to 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 to, to, be there. to robe and derobe the cape. <laughs> what, now, when that moment happened, though, when the cape had to come oh, on, the or cape, off, was he it didn't a even moment? Wear the cape. What I'm saying is, there was no cape at the studio. It was just a, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. So the second day, it was just rehearsals. The band rehearsed the one song that they had been on tour playing the whole time. They rehearsed it all day. The third day, James Brown comes in, he comes in, he listens to the band in the control room, um, and then he goes out on the floor, and he's like a caricature of himself. He's like, no, put it like this. Like, that's how he actually talked. Um, He like... Was he a bit of an asshole? How did he he come across? He was very nice. The way he led the band. He was very nice. He was... as far as to the band, he was very yeah. nitpicky. Like he actually okay. got one of the drummers off his stool and sat down and replayed oh. the groove 
so that oh, he could amazing. show him where he wanted it to be. Oh, that's fun. And, that's and good to he hear. would like uh, the horn section. He had a lot of notes for, and half of which I couldn't understand because you have to be fluent in James Brown. But okay. the guys, the horns would just be yes, Mister Brown, yes, Mister Brown. Like he go, oh, it this, was yes, Mister Brown. Like very okay. formal. Okay. They called everyone called Mister Brown. And then he goes into his vocal booth, sings one That's take old school, of, eh? one take of the song, and then leaves. Uh-huh. The band had been there for like, three it's days. Like, it's I, like this is my one take. You get I, see ya. Wow, I know. What an interesting approach. I mean, I, I mean, on so many levels, I, I hear you hear stories about him as a band leader, and just you know. So it sounds like he had great intent. There was there was an old school kind of respect thing going on yeah. there, and one take, one, one take. take is what you got from him. That's incredible. Um, and the band. What about I mean, Cape Man, though? Like, had I think Cape Man was an original member. There were the, one of the bass players was a original member, but I need to look. I need to do a deep dive into like stories like that. Just like they're they're why we're here, in my opinion. Not necessarily the uh, the main event. Like like Cape Man for me is a whole wormhole there that needs to be explored. I know, like, and he, I have not original. explored it. But yeah, it's no, no, no. It sounds golden. It's like um, sounds golden. Remember that movie Dig about um, the Jonestown massacre, and they yeah. there was what was the other band um, that they were always playing with? We used to be friends. That band. And they had um, a, perca- a, sh- a tambourine guy who just played tambourine oh, in the yeah. band. Like he was like the yes. hype guy. He just played tambourine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. the band That's... broke up, and he's like, "What am I gonna do? I can't <laughs> play anything else but the tambourine." That's so great. That's I had guy. my moment. <laughs> the Cape Man, yeah, no, Cape Man. So, and then also Oscar Peterson. Holy shit! Yeah, full record. Um, y- what, what was the record? It was the the Canadian Sweet, um, maybe Trail of Dreams is what it was called. Canadian Sweet Trail of Dreams. I was the, the second engineer on that. So they there's a Unreal. jazz label called Telark, and okay. they are um, crazy high high end audiophile engineers so they bring up their engineer we're in a studio with a neve v all of the best Mm -hmm. microphones in the world all of those Mm -hmm. neve preamps and they bring a Mm -hmm. stack of of outboard preamps that are millennia's which is super clean uh they bring all their own converters like it was they brought all their own cables they wanted the really thick cables so that there would be no noise in the lines like like literally they brought in everything um and their own engineer and i was his assistant so i have an engineering credit on that record but really i was the assistant engineer of sick what was that like was it him and that's him and band right it was him and band and it was a like a three-piece band they were all of the same age as him and I yeah. think they were his guys. Like, like there was a definite reverence mm-hmm. for the band as well as him. But I mm-hmm. honestly can't remember anyone's name. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I mean, it is what it is. So, talk to me. What, what was that like? Was that like you said? It left left an impression. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, um, must have been magical. Yeah, they also bring in his piano, which is like a nine foot Bosendorfer, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. even to that would get delivered the day before. He did two records at Mantle while I was there, but I was only on this one. The other one was mm-hmm. a piano duet record with a younger jazz kid. And they brought oh, in wow. two nine foot Bosendorfers for that one. Um wow. so it's stuff wow. like that that stays with you. Like yeah. like the piano gets yeah, delivered the day before and tuned so it can sit and yeah. then tuned yeah. again before the recording. Yeah. And yeah. Just to, like in the night, as as the last one out, when you're assisting on a record like that, you, you yeah, go out there yeah. and you play on the piano because why not? You know? Yeah, because why not? Wow. So there's stuff like that that I mean, obviously the the playing and and knowing that you are working with a living legend when it's someone like Oscar yeah. Peterson yeah. has an effect. But yeah, I yeah yeah, that's powerful stuff and. Um, you're you're gaining your understanding, your perspective through all of this, all of these like 
these are golden moments in your life, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, like formative years yeah, for, for, sure. for you, I assume, as an artist, as a human. Um, it's funny that you use that word. Like, I use it all the time because, as you know, Revolution Recording bought the batch sale of all of the outboard gear from Manta. So okay. one day... I, I didn't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So oh, wow. so before they opened, all of that gear got bought, and it was sitting in Joe Carvello's mastering studio. Oh. And I oh, had okay. been around there, and Joe said, I want to show you something. And I go in this room, oh. and it's literally like the exact pieces of gear that I used in all of my formative engineering years, and I hadn't sure. seen it in like... Oh, almost wow. 20 years and i started it's like crying. repurposed <laughs> no way no I way i was like this is gear. how i learned this is uh, the gear that that defined who i such, am as a i'm i'm very moved by this story funny i'm very moved by that story yeah. like I, I, that's so charming to me that, <laughs> that it would bring that kind of an emotional you know i'm glad um, you're charmed because i could just come out, off outpouring. like a little baby <laughs> no no it's good well so 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 you know, let's riff on Cape Man a little more. So, like, you're in this room. Oh, yeah. You're in this room for all of these, like, these, like, heavy artists coming through. And and how does this affect your look on the music industry and, and how you fit in it? Like, where do you, do you keep going on that path of engineering? When do you, when do you move away from that? Or have you, have you always kept a, a, a room for, for that kind of work. Wow, that's a loaded question. Uh, how do I fit into that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, I feel like I never fit into anything. <laughs> um, Good, that's a loaded answer. I like it. Yeah, I like it, and I, I appreciate that. You know, you know, yeah, and and I mean, yeah. You and I both know, and anyone who's been around for a little while, is that your career is constantly ebbing and flowing. And I feel like I followed what I thought would be where my greatest success would be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. out of Manta, I started doing, I went freelance, started doing... um, more film and TV and advertising post audio. And then I also started writing music for commercials. Um, yeah. Because I don't know why, because it was, it's money and I wanted to own a house and stuff sure. like that. Um, sure. And I, I enjoy all of those things for sure. Um, yeah. And then it isn't until you start having a crisis of feeling like you just followed a tangent in your life Uh, a little bit that, that sort of swings you back around to thinking about the things that you wanted that you never did. So, so it's, so this is my, my therapy time. It's like all of this leads back to to the fact that now I just want to write music, even though I'm, I'm, um, my skill set that people know yeah. me by is as an engineer and that I am most successful mm-hmm. at is engineering. I, mm-hmm. I, part of me doesn't want to do that much of it. <laughs> hey, let's, let's take a break now and, and play one of your tunes. Then I think you're, 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 you're moving in that direction. Uh, story wise here in the, in the podcast interview, let's, let's play a tune from, from your record. Awesome. So please set one up. Um, not the girl. Let's talk about not not the girl. Not not the girl Please. is on my new record, and it um, it is my tribute to my own version of a Cars song. It's really oh, it's nice. the, really the way I would set it up. Is like I would love to grow up and be in the Cars. So this is my Cars song. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. <laughs> Don't think at all 
Awesome. Thank you. That was not the girl. What is the name of your record? Uh, what is the name of my record? Oh, In the Headlights. Oh, this is good. In the Headlights. I love it. You were, I caught you in the headlights there for a second, Annalise. <laughs> okay. And um, who plays on that track with you? Um, Morgan Doctor plays the drums. She played right behind me. That that not drum that kit? Drum. This beautiful. drum kit's only okay. about a week old. I got it from Century. Oh, this record was made, this record was made last year at your studio? Yeah. Yeah. But at, at your studio in Prince Edward County. Yeah. Very cool. The whole record was made in this little tiny room. With the exception yeah. on this track, there's some some um like mod synth stuff that yeah. Kevin Lacroix played in his house. Um, nice. And sent to me over the internet. But yeah, the drums were here. I played cool, the bass. Cool. Uh there's a real wealth of great musicians out here including a guy named jeremy kelly who plays the great noise guitar on this track cool, um, cool. yeah and then i just mixed it in here too <laughs> oh lovely lovely best of both worlds so you you have you you mentioned this moment of tangent wondering what have i done with my career and uh have i gone off in a mad path and and didn't even realize it whatever don't we all don't we all go sniffing around like dogs kind of trying to find opportunities and experiences and and um and and you've you've done just that but you come back and maybe in 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 these covid times even you've come back to it sounds to me like a level of focus and understanding and really knowing what you want like you're like no i want to do this i'm like i'm I don't know. Is that fair yes, to say? It is fair to say, but it's not COVID times that leads me here. Okay. And this is okay. the part of okay. the conversation that you can choose to le- keep in or take out. I'm fine with it oh, yeah. as long as I don't cry. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So well, you, you uh, go in at, at your leisure Yeah. and we'll edit, we'll edit as required. All right. Okay. So yeah. So um, co- trying to come back and focus on the things that you really want and how you want to spend mm-hmm. your time. I mean, partially you have to know that you can financially afford to do that. Um, right. And, uh, but also, so my partner, John, got cancer in November and died on January 7th. Um, got diagnosed so with cancer. Um, and he was 55 and very young. He looked much younger than me, who was much younger right. than him. And... Um, Part of the takeaway for that is that instead of always valuing money and progress, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. shifted my brain to value my time. Uh, you know, because what time do we even have? <laughs> uh, I'm fuck, sorry. Man, you, now you got now you got me all emotional here. Um, Are you sitting okay. there going? Damn it! I'm just wasting my well, time. Oh yeah, man! Podcasts. I feel. What am I doing? <laughs> 
You know what would be the best is just like, I got to go. I, I got to go. You keep drinking your piss, whatever you got in that <laughs> jar over there. I got to go. I got No, no. Um, I feel for you. I, my heart goes out to you. Yeah. It sounds like um, a really heavy, uh, obviously. It was heavy. And, uh, you know. Oh, man. It was very heavy. But yeah. uh, I'm. And fresh. And, and, yeah, it's still and pretty fresh. fresh. Right? So, but, yeah, yeah. like. I wanted to take a couple months off and writing opportunities yeah. were coming up. I've, I've been writing yeah. a lot of children's music lately. Oh, wow. Um, for people. And so That's I've fun. just been taking those opportunities. So I may or may not have actually dealt really with, <laughs> with my yeah. sadness on a deep level because I've just like yeah. hurled myself back into work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. seemed to be capable of doing it. So I'm just going to go with it because also I hadn't yeah. worked for the last three months, four months. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So that brings us back around to, to writing for sure. Are you still writing? Yeah. Do you write for stuff still? Um, I no, I, I, I haven't. I mean, I uh, wrote the Tom Green music and, and really haven't done a lot in that realm. The odd film thing comes up, but not it hasn't been in the foreground for. Is that something that you you miss doing or you've specifically I mean, directed you know yourself miss? away from? No, 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 no. I mean, I've, I, I love the collaboration. I um, anytime I can get it in any form, I'll, I'll I, I embrace it, you know, Um that one came though in such a weird way. It wasn't like um, prescribed. It was due to the hustle. Like I mean, I mailed him all my shit, and he returned my call. Yeah. And whenever someone does that, that I I've always found in my career, that's how magic happens. That's how you really make a uh, you know a dent in your career in your path. Yeah. It, it, it's equally fluke as it was, um, but it was due to the hustle. I would say, like I I. I worked hard to get that call back. You know, I sent him all my shit with a Velveeta slice <laughs> stuck on top of it and he ate it, you know, it, literally. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, the the writing thing, though, is nonstop. Like it's um, so I, I can relate to that. And I also can relate to just kind of writing through the or working through like working like making music through very difficult times in your life and just trying to like process that some some people i know when you experience these kind of like life altering things uh you know moments um uh can't can't do it like it's just a, it's yeah right and well, so to, yeah i mean the and i i get that too when yeah. john was sick i wrote a lot of lyrics but i will not yeah. be able to make that music for uh, a long time so they sit in uh, a book yeah. like i can i can do write work for hire where you, you're yeah. told what you're writing yeah. and then and then you, your brain yeah. is like on a different plane yeah. and you're not emotionally attached to it yeah 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 so yeah. i mean that mm-hmm. stuff is mm-hmm. on hold like i would say i'm i'm yeah. not capable of writing that probably at least fair fair year, enough but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But we'll yeah. see well, thank you for sharing. I would not uh, edit a word out, but I, that, we, I'm I fine leave that with to it. You, no, it's fine. That's... I thought there was a chance that I might start crying. Well, sure. But I feel well, like it was you who almost started crying and not me. You, you had me on the edge there. I'm still on the edge. So let's work hard. Yeah, we should rein it back to, to the tactics. And, and Let's keep drinking <laughs> piss and drink and, and, and talking about tactics. Uh, so. No, no, no. It's all part of it, man. It's all part of it. I, how do you link to artists like Selena Martin, who part, partly Selena was a total is, is the reason fluke. we're here? Um, yeah. Selena was a fluke, and then I was in her band for 12 years. <laughs> Ooh, yikes. Wow. So wow. in 2001, Selena was in... Um, a production of Hedwig and the Angry Inch that was at the Bathurst Street Theater. Um, okay. And so was a very close friend of mine, Leo Valvasori. <clears throat> Leo and Leo and Selena became friends, along with Dragoslav Tanaskovich, who okay. played keys in that band. And so Selena had gotten into um, the Ottawa Folk Festival that year and asked yeah. Drago and Leo to play. So Leo was going to play cello and oh. Drago was going to play accordion. Wow. Fun, and uh, 
then Drago couldn't do it. So uh-huh. Leo said, do you want to play accordion in Selena's band? And I was like, well, yeah, I, I don't know that I can play accordion, but I could play the right hand of the accordion. Okay. And uh, so, so I joined <laughs> Selena's band and play, <laughs> played at the Ottawa Folk Festival on accordion. This is great. I know. And then um, just stayed with her through most iterations of the band until she started yeah. making electronic records like a couple okay. ago. But you're you're on the records too doing I'm on playing playing many roles, right? Yeah. Are you did, did you help record make those re- some of those records? Yeah. Um Life Drawing yeah. me and Michael Philip Voyevoda co-produced, which was like wow. She loved wow. that experience because she would make us argue back and forth the creative, our creative differences. But I awesome found it record. entirely stressful yeah. because he was at the time and still is much more accomplished on paper than me as a producer. Okay. Um, okay. But okay. out of it has come, Michael has become one of my best people. So awesome. Awesome to hear that. Yeah. That's cool. So we made life drawing together and then we made. The next one together? No, Chris, uh, Chris Stringer produced it, but I played all over okay. Disaster Fantasies as well. Yeah, yeah yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no, no. It's so great. I mean, and as I said, you're, there was something about your guitar playing that night that really I just, I thought, yeah. That's funny. It was great. I, no, it was just so nice to meet you, and you left such an impression. Well, you left and an I impression thought, on me too. I was like, oh, good, this good. guy is so kooky, but yet such a virtuoso yeah. musician. And um, oh, thank you for that. What's his name? No, no, no. Playing was... guitar in your band too, who's also a... uh, Nickel. Yeah, and he, it he was. It was, it was Nickel. Nickel. Yeah, and he was amazing. Yeah, that yeah. was the first time I'd seen Nickel play too. Oh shit! And wow. so the wow. both that, of you just like band. blew my mind. Yeah, yeah uh, that was a fun band. That was the. Um, one of the first Cameron House bands that I had. Um, and, Nickel uh, just posted a, a new family video where they they do jazz. It's it's I instrumental. It. I watched yeah. it right before we talked. I was like, Fuck, wow, we talked those, about it. We talked about it. Those it is, kids it is, are getting the best music education of their life. Young listeners, uh, if you want to check something out, go to YouTube and check out the Robinson Sons. It's Nickel Robertson's. Uh, covid um life project it is it is music education in motion uh in real time now, how old him are and kids? his sons do you know oh gosh i'm bad with age but one of them's got to be like seven or eight and the other one's got to be like three or four not four maybe i don't yeah, know i'm bad bit, liam well, and tyler they look like they're about five and eight to me there you go five and eight but i don't tyler know and liam but yeah i know and 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 the kids are all right like they are yeah. like yeah it, it, yeah it's one thing to l- start learning how to play music at that age but to then be able to play yeah. alongside a professional musician and like well you know, you know what he tells is me really the thing that makes people better right the thing that i'm struck by is how much he's learning about himself as a music educator through like he's like it's validating all the things that I believe in, in music that, you know, you show up to the gig, you might not know the full form of, you know, the, the full thing, but you, you, you come prepared in a, in his own unique way. And he's, a, he's kind of imparting that on, on his kids in such a natural organic way. I know. They're just picking up on it. The interesting thing about it though, that's also fascinating anthropologically is they're fucking not performing for anyone. No, the, the, like they're actually being raised in a COVID music bubble. Yeah. That's like when they actually go out to perform for audiences, which hopefully that will happen one day. I don't know. I know. It's gonna be really I'm, I'm really right? fascinated by it too. Like it's, it's really, awesome. yeah, it makes me very so happy inspiring. on so many levels. Yeah. So beautiful and inspiring. And I know that it's hard for all of us in these times. So like, shout out to, to those kind of initiatives yeah. during all. You know, the funny thing is I only really, um, have chatted with nickel once in my life and that was well you and i you and i are the same we've only chatted <laughs> once really and i that's i'm i was so i've been so stoked to chat with you i just feel like i'm like yeah the, that like what was that like eight years oh, ago nine probably years ago? longer maybe more yeah, probably longer Jeez. yeah we need to be friends i know i feel yeah. like we should be friends that's why i was very <laughs> excited about this but the the nickel How thing nice. that, that happened is is shortly after i had seen you 
guys play. I was working at a company called Grace and Matthews, which is a music house. Oh, yeah. And sure. I don't know why my phone keeps blinging. Um, Industry tactics. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, the people I worked for were doing a track where they needed banjo on something. So I had, oh, sick. had uh, emailed Nickel and said, are you available to do a session with these guys? I mean, they're not. Yeah. They're not going to have a chart. They're just going to want you to. Yeah. And, there you and go. so he comes in and they they're like they're awesome creative people that that won a lot and, yeah. and were on an incline like this. But they didn't also yeah. speak music language in the classic Good. sense of it. Good. So they yeah, would great. just Good. be like, OK, so we want something that's like really banjo-y, like like a yeah. stereotype yeah. of yeah. a banjo. And yeah. Nicole just was like, oh, like this. And it was so perfect. And I was just like, oh, yeah. he's such a yeah. professional, you know, like. he. Did. Well, isn't that great? I think that's you're touching on part of the the core of what I was getting at there that he's imparting on, on his boys is that th this idea of just like this is how I make music. This is how I come to music. Yeah. Right. And I told Nickel that I said, like, me teaching a class is going to look totally different because we, he actually brought up Rush. And I'm a fucking, I'm a Rush nerd at, 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 at the end of the day, right? And it's like, I, what I admire in Rush, what I've always admired is that idea of beating the shit out of a piece <laughs> until something new comes out of it. So, like, you've really, and I, I don't perform the same thing twice the, the same way, but I... I, I fail at being rushed. I admit that about myself, right? Let's get into the therapy, <laughs> but it's the, it's the, it's, I come at it from that love of just preparedness and like trying to work something as hard as you can. Yeah. Not to say that nickel's not hardworking. They're working their asses yeah. off, but it's just, it's, it's an openness to, um, yeah. to play. Yeah. Right. And not knowing and a confidence in not knowing the journey, yeah. but going on it anyway. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No, it is cool. That's really cool. And and I like you can appreciate that is that I need to be prepared for everything. I'm I am Okay. As a, as a writer I might feel loose and free and fluid, but as a player I need yeah. to prepare because I I don't have the fluidity. I mean, I could sit down and play along with anyone, I guess, but yeah. but it's not yeah. the yeah. thing I enjoy the most. The thing I enjoy the okay. most is the the being prepared knowing the things, yeah, yeah. you know, that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff yeah. for sure. Do you suffer from, uh, you yes. mentioned like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Fuck. Let's move on to the next question. Yeah. Oh, no. God damn it. That was, that's my favorite part so far. Keep drinking that piss. You're doing just fine. I'm really so, regretting um, drinking a liquid this color. Cause what are your listeners no, going to say? Total when piss. You say, I'm drinking. Well, we have video. Piss. We have video. So I'll put oh, a little, sure, a little okay. video so, clip yeah. up. I'll Here, put a little video. The, yeah. Here's the, the piss in the cup. There you go. Hot piss. Thank there you go. go. Um, no, no, no. I was going to say, like, uh, you were mentioning, oh, my gosh, what are we going to talk about? You guys have masters. Ooh. Like, do you, do you suffer from, uh, and having been in a room with. Uh, Imposter having syndrome. Having been in a <laughs> I guess that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, having been in a room with Oscar Peterson and James Brown and knowing your kind of. Uh, no, I don't. I don't what? actually. Um, I did Good. when I was younger, and um, for okay. a while, I had a um, a management a manager as an artist, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I was in my early twenties, and he put together a band that was like um, Randy Cook was the drummer. It's a bunch of like heavy session guys in the nineties. Okay, and I yeah. was so anxious about my first um rehearsal with uh -huh. them because they were all leaps and bounds of the musician beyond what i am and was and he said listen like they might have that thing that you don't have but you have something mm -hmm. that they don't have and that's why they are playing for you you know what i mean like you need to value <laughs> the thing go. that that is yours that you have that no one else has and it was yep. like such a great piece of advice like yeah, and then my whole career stuff happens. Like you, you go see uh, fifty four forty, and they're playing one gun. You realize that three forty five of the four minute song is all one chord, and you go, yeah. but yet this is like one of their hits, and it's all one chord. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously yeah. it's not. Yeah. You don't have to be a virtuoso. You just have to bring something to the table that has some validity, right? So, I dig that. I dig that. And also, I, I think that. like. I mean, not to get political, but in a world where 
uh, Let's. <laughs> where I'm a visible minority and I'm a woman in a man's industry and fatism yeah. and all of these things. I feel like uh, I have a fragile sense of self as far as as my personal ego is concerned but as far as music and creative things i really just feel mm-hmm. like fuck it you like me or you don't and i don't care and that part of my ego is is completely intact i mean right on. you know right you on. get fragile when you're working on a job that's for hire and and they keep making you revise yeah. something over and over again that you thought was pretty good but yeah. But as far as my own creative things, like, I feel like, fuck it if they don't like it. I don't care. I like it, you know? I like it. I, I Pardon that. I like <laughs> it. Um, and have you managed over the years of doing what you do to build? Uh, you were mentioning, like, holy shit, I'm going through the podcast. And it's like, I know all these people. It's like, oh, do you, yeah. have you built this small family, this this community yeah. Of mus- sure. musicians that you know and love. And yeah. It's, I mean, it's really interesting because you see people break out into a bigger mainstream or mm-hmm. financially viable, and you wonder what is wrong with your own process that has not led you to those same outcomes. But as far as building a community, I, I think so. That's like, well I went, put. I went down your list of podcasts and one in every five is a friend of mine. You know what I mean? Like you had Julia Hamilton, you had Selena, you had, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Like everybody, Doug, Doug, I know Doug is the best. He's, he's another unbelievable music educator for sure. Doug Friesen. He's the season. He's the season. season. There is a second season buried in these 106 some odd episodes. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's great. Uh, I love the way you, you put that. Like you, you, you look at other people's careers and wonder, right. It, it is so, don't you find this music industry to be like beautiful as equally as it is confusing and strange. Like it's, it's got so many elements that I don't know if other, other fields would have, but yeah, I don't you know, know. What's your take on I mean, on I that? feel like the other fields do have it. Like, do they? Yeah. there's certainly a who you know and a hustle to our yeah yeah um that i am not capable of i am capable of but i don't want to do is more the thing yeah 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 and then there's also like i have a lot of i think about um that the problems i have with stuff are are my own in that for example I say I want to write songs for other musicians, like big shiny songs that that sell mm-hmm. millions or stream millions of times. Mm-hmm. And yet I really rebel against dumbing down lyrics. Like I, I hear something on air and I go, that it song is so stupid. But yeah. yet if I'd heard, like yeah. I, I hear a song and I, I go, that's going to be a hit. Like, um, the yeah. Canadian kid who wrote, uh, if the world was ending, you'd come over, right? That song that just won mm-hmm. a Grammy. It's a mm-hmm. massive, massive song. And I remember the first yeah. time I heard it, I just went, I hate this song so much. <laughs> and it is going uh-huh. to be a massive. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, those are my own yeah. problems. I say I want to do this thing, but yet I don't want to bend what I do into the thing. That's so interesting. <laughs> That's so interesting. Like you're, you're, but but you feel like you do have that ability, eh? Like I, I don't know if I, I can say I do. Like I was to say, okay, today I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna write the dumbest song possible, but I know it's gonna be like, like I know fucking dummies are gonna love it, and it's gonna be like popular. Like I don't know if I could do that. You I'd probably love to have try. done it. I mean, I feel like I've yeah. written some songs yeah. already in my life that that yeah. could, if like reproduced and done by another artist could be bigger hits but i also no. have not given them to anyone so no one knows what i'm doing yeah. i don't know i think one one thing that we have in common there though is i'm gonna say it was like it sounds like you're your worst enemy on 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 all this shit with that oh, anyway, yeah, right sure. and i feel like i am too it's like it's like no i know i like i i first of all i've never done it i've never tried to say like i'm gonna wake up today and write a really fucking dumb tune that's against you know what, Rich, what i this actually is what's gonna come out of this you and i are gonna right, co-write right. a but really dumb song 
I fuck, I'm in, man. I'm in. Let's write a really dumb <laughs> song. Really but dumb song. I'm going to write some dumb lyrics. And yes, <laughs> the idea of a exciting. dumb melody. And you're going to put some send dumb, it. Send dumb it my music way. on it. And we're going to like, I'm into I'll it. produce it out All like right. a shiny hit. And then we'll see All if right. we can get it to anyone. <laughs> that How exciting is that? Like, I don't, I, you know what? I love when this does lead to <laughs> other creative paths. So I'm, I'd be honored to, to, to go down the, uh, dumb dumb lane with you. <laughs> um but it's no i was gonna dumb. say that's, like that's making light of of people who've dedicated their lives to the craft of yeah of yeah yeah pop good, good. Writing for thank sure. you how but, pompous yeah. how pompous yeah, i know but I, I do think like to that kind of writing for sure oh, fuck. i mean that that's the thing I, I i am incapable of it but i admire it to death right it's like and and i do but but that that idea of being my worst enemy it's like i'll follow a, a line of thinking that's shitty and either immature or uh, or whatnot because i can't you know what i mean it's yeah. like no I, I i'm gonna spell terrorists the proper way <laughs> um i can't i can't artistically like spell it incorrectly but like people are reading that and going like you named an album we are all terrorists like get the fuck away from me right they're like it's actually a barrier right so I'm my worst enemy as an artist, I think. Right? Yeah, no. Because maybe maybe the point doesn't come out properly, you know? No, I mean, anywhere. yeah. The point is probably coming out properly. It's just that no one wants to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. They want it to Amen. be more easily metabolized, you know? That's probably right, too, yeah. Um, we're getting to the end, but I want to ask you this. I want to say, like, I do want to ask how you are. And I mean, you, you, you just touched on, forget about COVID. You just touched on, on, on what you've been dealing yeah. with uh, per, personally in your life. But where do you see your music going? Where do you, like, what do you dream of? What, what really still excites you about your journey with music? Um, I think my um, need to find some success there's a few things going on in my head and they're, and they're very uh -huh. polarized and, and I can't, don't think I can do both, but they're both still in there. One is to, to have some success as a writer for other artists. Um, cool. And the other is that. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to pause you for a sec. Hold your thought. What a cool goal. I mean, I've, I have asked a lot of people on this podcast that question. No one says that. That's so, uh, I love it. I why just why love wouldn't the... they say that? Because it's embarrassing to admit it or because. No, I mean, you just set like a very like clear goal that is like, I don't think there's anything like you embarrassing know, yeah. about saying and, and that. And that's so a that's big the thing. thing, right? When you're a kid and you, yeah. in your, in the back of your mind, you want to be a famous musician, but you would never tell anyone that. Because it's, yeah, it's so kind of embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But now, yeah, like, yeah. what? I'm forty something. I'm just gonna say it how uh -huh. it is. Like, I'm I'm running yeah. out of time. I need to get my shit together. That's cool. Um, That's cool. Uh, let let can we run down that that shit lane for a second here. <laughs> Who would be the the dream artist to get attuned to that you want to hear your song sung through? Um, I would like to probably. I mean, the dream, the dream, dream artists would be the Taylor Swifts and the Miley Cyruses. But I also, um, I don't wow. know if you know Karen Kozakowski, um, who no. is married to Mark Rogers, the bass player. And she is from Toronto and um, went to Nashville a few years ago and has had some incredible set, uh, success as a country music writer. She played oh, wow. on the Grammys on Sunday with, with an artist oh, who was their MD. Wow. And I look wow. at her career and, and she, I mean, she's been a writer her whole career. So it's been leading up to this, okay. but the harder okay. hustle only happened in the last five years, I think like the American hustle. Okay. So when I see someone like that, I go, well, that's, those are goals. Like those are goals. That's those are cool. reachable goals. But I mean, Karen is also exceptionally good at the hustle and is also very talented. You know what I mean? Like it's a bunch okay. of things. Okay. Okay. Have you done this before? Have you tried to get someone else to, to play a tune of yours? No. Like, I don't, See, I, that's it's thing. foreign to me. So, so Let's talk about it, though, like a little bit. Like, How do you do it? How do you get into so it? So I feel like I'm one step outside of it. I know I can write songs okay. for other people. I have on a local yep. and independent music level written music for other people that no one has heard beyond the, whatever the artist's okay. purview is. 
Um, okay. But I, I look at my life and go, listen, if this is something you want to do, you are, mm -hmm. you are sitting the one degree outside of it. Like you, you could call yeah. up Karen and say, yeah, give me a break. Let's write something together. Um, yep. my, I have a friend named Liz Rodriguez who wrote three songs on the last Celine Dion record, has written multiple <laughs> songs for Eminem. She's a Canadian okay. lives out here. She is lovely. So you really are one step. And she you says, really are one if step. If you want to write with yeah. me, I'll write with you. She, Come on. My writing. But, She's actually offered it. Okay, yeah. this is So, this so is the neat. reason why I sit one step outside of it is because I don't have a lot of co-writing experience. I'm used to sitting in yeah. a room by myself and and slashing somewhere something out and that is where the okay. ego thing for me i have to work on because okay. just be dumb like to do stuff that might fail in a group setting in a co-writing setting. Yeah. you know like it's yeah. the way that you have to get to the actual work is you have to and and throw that fling that's different wall and yeah. so i feel yeah. like i need to just up my game with the co-writing on on a that's on beautiful. A level okay. that is not so make it or break it. Like I don't want to. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready when you are on our uh, big shiny tune. I would love that. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think it's so different. It's like it's different with every person you're going to do that with, right? Yeah. And some days you might catch the best Have tune you done possible. Much writing. I've done a little, and when I've, I've speaking of, I've done some with Nickel. He song doctored a couple of tunes on uh, a couple of records ago for me, and it was awesome. And I was like. Fuck, I've known all these people just in a one-dimensional sphere of like, well, Nickel, in Nickel's case, it's three three-dimensional because he's banjo, guitar, and anything else. But it's like not song doctor. Yeah. And when he started influencing in that regard, I was like, this is amazing. Now I have done uh, that. Dave, Dave Clark, others. Sure. Yeah. So so in that in yeah. that regard, I, I have totally done that. Like um You've my friend that. Jeremy, who played on Not the Girl, he's a, also oh, yeah. a great songwriter. But but our successful nice. co-writes is when I've written something and I go, there's something wrong with this. And uh -huh. I call them and go, okay, let's just hash through what's wrong with this. Like, how do we make it the better okay. version of itself? But it's not okay. from the core of the idea and starting okay. a song. I've done that once. I've done that twice. And both times were very slow and I hesitate to contribute because I don't want to sound dumb yeah. or I don't want to sound like I'm taking over. Sure. Like it's the navigating gotcha. of, of the social aspect of co-writing for me that I need okay. to get. Okay. Okay. I understand. I love it. I understand it. I love it. I think it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's also great to be open with the fact that it's like, yeah, these are some of my hesitancies around this. Oh yeah. I think um, that, that is, that is a, one of probably my better qualities is I'll tell you when I yeah. don't know how to do it's, it. It's, <laughs> but it's beautiful it's the the collaboration when it happens and you see it pop it's like oh this is why we do it yeah. like it's and it's you know it, it's uh yeah i just um i'm excited to hear you so what was your other goal you had a second goal oh yeah starting to this say. one is gonna sound like the dumb childhood thing and it's not gonna happen <laughs> okay. to me and i just hope okay. that in my life the women that come after me will know that I broke ground for them is that I, mm -hmm. I really, and it's such a dumb goal, but I would love to in my life when an engineering Juno, just to be validated by my industry as an engineer. Now wow. it doesn't, I don't do many records in a year for other people. Mm -hmm. So that's a hard goal for me to reach without having a more prolific engineering career at this point. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like we're getting within a year or two away from seeing some women or non-conforming gender people in that, mm -hmm. in that pile. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be me. I, th I, to be honest, I think it's, has it not happened yet? Uh, pardon my oh, no, bloody no. male. Ignorance. I don't, I don't work on a lot that of label projects as an engineer. I work on, on big films. Like I've, I worked, I've okay. worked on massive films, but I have, as far as uh, engineering albums, I don't work with label artists, which all yeah. okay. puts you at a disadvantage um, in the first place. Uh, plus, I also feel like Karis really mm. should do that technical judging as a blind judging. Like, I think that, there you go. that people shouldn't know your gender because I, I yeah. do think that there's still some... Some yeah, leftover some stuff with men not thinking yeah. women can be as good at that job. 
Uh, wow. Which is funny because in my brain, I'm always like, I'm so much yeah. better than that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not, I'm not that egotistical. I love I'm, it. I love <laughs> I'm it. not that egotistical. But uh, no, bring it, bring it. It's a safe space. No, so, I... so, uh, no, no, no. We, we won't, we won't name names here, but, uh, but I, I like that. I, I really, you know what I appreciate is like your, uh, those are some honest goals. Yeah. And, and really beautiful. I don't think there, there's anything like, uh, yeah, I mean, not, the, this industry is a weird wicked. thing. Here's the weird thought to yeah. end on if we're going to run out of time. Yeah. We're, 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 the we're going to end on is that I can't, like I never make it onto any of those awards things. Um, but if Karis or any Canadian music society publishers, songwriters, associations need to put a woman on a panel, all of a sudden I have the most experience and I get called for those panels. So, so it's interesting that they, when they need me, I am the qualified mm-hmm. one, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So that that is that's me. That's actually a little bit. I shouldn't talk shit like that, but <laughs> we can always edit it out. But I appreciate the the sentiment of what you're trying to get at, yeah. there, which is yeah. Anyway, which is, my which is really my important. biggest takeaway yeah. is that I hope that the women that come after me know that that I have worked hard to try to break ground. I see that. Yeah. So I see that. That is the best I can do. I think on that side of it um let's end it with uh with a tune what are we gonna throw to uh i can't remember vultures i think it was vultures (laughs) on that note (laughs) (laughs) i think that's it's about right we're gonna end with vultures from where can people learn more about your work uh i do have a website uh annaliesnerona.com and uh much like myself it is very scattered (laughs) Uh, this has been a wonderful, a, a joyous, scattered conversation with you over the last hour. Thank you for making time and, uh, and sharing. Thank you for having me.
was not vultures that was better than everyone sorry for the little uh, discrepancy there enough apologizing want to thank Annalise Nerona for making time for our listeners and want to thank you gentle listener for um, supporting the podcast lots of exciting episodes coming up we're really getting into a groove here so uh, if you ever need to uh, to reach me go to friendlyrich.com and learn how Thanks again for listening, everybody, and take care of yourselves. Bye for now.